It's the Magic Time Podcast, brought to you by Herb Foundation Media. Good afternoon and welcome to Episode 9 of the Magic Time Podcast. I'm Scott Squires and very pleased to be joined by the head coach uh, of the Moncton Magic, Joe Salerno. And uh, Joe, I know that you're up in Kitchener-Waterloo getting ready for tonight's game against uh, the KW Titans winding up the road trip. Uh, so, uh, first of all, thanks for coming on the program once again. Yeah, of course. Thanks for, uh, thanks for having me. Now I know, uh, probably feels like you've been away a lot longer than you have, but, uh, getting into your fourth game now on this Ontario swing, uh, it certainly have a little bit of everything and we'll get to that as we roll along. But, uh, by all accounts, uh, an interesting start to the road trip travel-wise. Uh, what can you tell us about some of the pitfalls that kind of uh, hit you guys when you were getting ready to leave Moncton? Yeah, yeah, we did. We had a very kind of tough uh, tough first day of travel. Um, we were scheduled to depart from Moncton Airport, I think, on a 12.50 p.m. flight in the afternoon, uh, headed to Toronto. And uh, we'd actually, you know, we had checked in, everything was going real smooth. And as soon as we sat on the plane, I think I was literally buckling my seatbelt. Uh, the pilot came across the intercom and, and said that there had been a mechanical malfunction with the plane and they were going to have to cancel the flights. Um, you know, it certainly took everybody by surprise. So we had to go through the process of, of getting off the plane and, and getting all of our luggage back. Um, we were able to get on a later flight that evening, so we ended up having to uh, send all the guys back to their apartment and then reconvening back at the airport uh, around 6 o'clock that night. So uh, that was pretty difficult. You know, we finally landed in, in Toronto, um, you know, I think around 9 p.m., and, of course, we have about a three-and-a-half-hour, four-hour ride to Windsor. Um, and it turns out Air Canada they ended up putting our luggage not on our flight, and uh, they put it on the last flight of the night. So we then had to kind of wait uh, for our luggage. And long story short, we ended up arriving in Windsor at about 3.30 a.m. on um, on Friday, uh, which was, you know, game day for us, where we should have arrived at about 6 o'clock on Thursday. So a bit of a rough start, um, you know, but we, we managed to get through it. That's where uh, the ability to be able to kind of put all those distractions out of your mind and focus on the task at hand uh, kind of definitely uh, come into play. I mean, before we move on, did you know? Did you talk to the team at all about dealing with all of that, or did you just kind of let them to their own devices and let each of them deal with it you know, in their own way? Well, yeah, I mean, guys, everyone's frustrated, you know, players. I mean, just like any traveler kind of would be. We'd had a, a pretty long day, you know, finished with a pretty lengthy drive uh, to Windsor, and, um, you know, we, we had to make some adjustments. You know, we had a film session scheduled for 10 a.m. at the hotel, uh, you know, that morning, which I ended up canceling, and, we were able to move our shoot around time back to about 1230. So, you know, I kind of just let the guys sleep in, you know, until about 11, 1130. And, and then we still went to our walkthrough there on a, on Friday. Uh, but, you know, I mean, the guys handled it in stride. I mean, all these guys are professionals. They know things happen. They, they travel an awful lot. And, um, you know, we just tried to kind of emphasize staying focused on, on the game plan. And, you know, the travel part's over. It's water under the bridge. You know, we're, we're here to get a win in Windsor. So let's do that and, and uh, you know, feel better about everything. Well, you mentioned that game in Windsor. Uh, your last home game uh, at the Coliseum in Moncton was a good one for you guys, a 112-104 victory over Niagara. And then, as you mentioned, you had to put it all behind you. And uh, you guys came out um, and just put an excellent performance together and 
you know, hung a, a pretty good, uh, pretty good victory over top of the Windsor Express, uh, a 123-108 victory. And I know we got a couple of games to talk to, but uh, we'll just maybe look at each one quickly. Uh, you know, some of your thoughts and takeaways from that very good start to the road trip. Well, I, I thought that's exactly what it was. It was, it was a great way for us to, you know, we had, we had won a couple of games before we left uh, for Ontario. So, you know, we, I think we kind of continued with that momentum that we had. I thought that we were just in a, in a good place. I thought the team was, uh, you know, we were confident and things were starting to click offensively. And I thought we saw just that in the Windsor game. You know, we played very well offensively. You know, the ball was moving. There were a lot of open looks and, and guys were, were just playing very unselfish and just seemed to have a really nice flow to it. Um, I actually thought for about three quarters, we were very good defensively as well uh, against Windsor. And, um, you know, heading into that fourth quarter, I think we were up, you know, 22, 24 points. And we had a bit of a tough time kind of maintaining that focus uh, in that those final 12 minutes. But uh, it was a great win for us. And, and anytime you can get a win in Ontario, you know, it's 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 a good one. So I uh, was pleased with it. I was very pleased with the game. Well, certainly a great way to start that road trip. And to your point, showing that uh, the group of professionals able to put all of those travel woes behind them and get a good start. Now, the game that is still on the lips of a lot of passionate and also casual fans of the NBL and basketball, a record setter in London, a very anticipated game actually all season long, the London Lightning. And of course the Moncton Magic, first time that you guys have hooked up this season and it was up there in London. And coach, uh, anyone that's been following social media or follows the league at all knows the records that were set in that game. Uh, a record for combined points, a record for, I believe, assists from Doug Herring for the from the uh, Lightning, and as well a record for number of shots put up from the floor uh, in the league by you guys. And it ended up being a thrilling double overtime victory, a, a tough loss for you guys, 147-146. But uh, what did you learn about your team in that game? Um, I think we learned, we learned a lot. I mean, we were certainly you know, are becoming a, a team that, that never quits in a game. Um, you know, and we, we certainly didn't that night. And uh, London, London's probably the toughest place to play in, in our league. You know, um, it's always a large crowd. I think there was around 6,000 fans that game. Uh, they certainly have a, a reputation. Um, they've always been a very successful ball club. And, and uh, you know, they play with a, with a certain amount of swagger and a certain amount of confidence. Um, so you, you, you're going to have a tough time anytime you go into London. So I, I learned, you know, that the cards were kind of stacked against us um, to begin with. It's a tough place to play. Uh, losing, you know, Jeremy Williams uh, two minutes in, into that game was certainly a curveball that, that none of us had expected. And, and he was kind of a key piece in that game, as he is most of our games. But just due to the size that he provided, um, you know, defensively on guys like Maurice Bolden and um, Kirk Williams Jr. And, and to lose him, you know, other guys really had to, to step up. Um, but you know, it was, it was a game that, that was just, <clears throat> it was a great game. It was a great game. I think for fans perspective, it was, it was great on our part, the fact that, that we didn't quit and we continued to fight and, and kept coming back. I think we took our first lead in that game, you know, midway through the third quarter. Uh, so I think it showed a lot of heart and a lot of character, um, you know, for, from our guys to, to stay in that game at a, at a very raucous Budweiser gardens. Well, certainly, uh, an epic game all the way around and, uh, you know, not that uh, you can take solace in moral victories, but if if you look 
at, at the box score, London got out to a uh, you know an eleven point lead after the first quarter. Not surprising for them to come out and go at it hard in that first quarter. But you guys won the second quarter, third quarter, fourth quarter. First OT was tied, and the difference was that single point nine eight in that double overtime. So you know a, a, an epic game from your perspective. Obviously, lots of records were set, but. Can you uh, can you recall in recent memory, either as a coach or any other facet, being uh, you know firsthand to a game like that? Um, I mean, I recall a game. I, I think we had I, a game I coached in. What was the former record for combined points in the game? And that was actually a, a double overtime game in Quebec, um, Quebec City, back in 2012, where I think it was 138, 132. Uh, that record had just been broken previously in London's last home game against, uh, I think it was against Niagara where they won 143, 132, something along those lines. So, um, you know, I have been part of those games before, you know, and, and you know, the unfortunate thing was as, as a coach, I'm still a coach and I certainly, you know, wasn't happy in, in the way we played that game from as far as executing the game plan that we had come in with. Um, you know, I think it was like all the defensive principles that we had been so sound on all season long were just totally thrown out the window. And we decided, you know, basically decided we were going to try to run with these guys. And, and, and you know, that's just the way the game went. So I thought that, that we kind of fell into their their web a little bit. We kind of fell into playing their style of game, which, you know, ultimately we lost that, you know, by one point. Um, but we still, we still lost that way. So I, I was disappointed from a, from a coaching standpoint. And it, it's, it's a hard thing to do because you're very proud of your guys for the effort they put forward. And, and um, you know, but at the same time, that, that's certainly not the, the way we wanted that game to go. Um, so, you know, it was, it was tough. It was, it was a tough game. It was a really tough loss. It was mentally draining. It was emotionally draining, physically draining. Um, and, you know, uh, you lose by one. It's like, man, you put so much effort in and the guys worked so hard and, and uh, to come up one point short, it was, was tough to swallow. It really was. Now you have to take that emotionally draining game and losing Jeremy Williams. We'll get to more on Jeremy in just a little bit, but then you've got to turn around in pretty short order and come out and play the Niagara river lions in an early start, which ended up being a three-point loss to the River Lions, but maybe uh, just some thoughts on uh, a much different-looking game in terms of the score sheet and uh, in other areas as well. But you know, kind of your takeaways from uh, from that game. Tough to, it's got to be tough to kind of make that turnaround after such a crazy game before. Yeah, it was. It was really difficult. Um, you know, and, and again, I, I think I've been quoted saying, you know, every every team goes through tough stretches of the schedule. Uh, th- this was very difficult and. And I knew as soon as the schedule came out, you know, back in November, this was going to be a, a difficult game. You know, third game in three days in three different cities, and it was a seven o'clock, two o'clock swing, you know, and, and you lose in double overtime the night before. So I knew it was going to be a tough game. We all knew it was going to be a tough game. And, and um, you know, I think the guys tried to dig deep, and especially the first half, you know, the, we just we just didn't have it. We just we just couldn't kind of bounce out of that that tired kind of funk that we were in where guys legs just weren't there um there was a lack of ball movement there was a lack of you know intensity cutting and and defensive communication and and so much of that can be contributed to you know just fatigue um 
losing Terry Thomas in that game, you know, eight minutes in, into that game when we were already down uh, one starter in Jeremy Williams, it just stacked the deck a little harder, you know, against us a little larger. And um, so the guys, you know, they hung in there, though. I, I think they did everything they could. And, again, I was very proud of the effort. And um, that was going to be a tough game to, to win to begin with. So, you know, to hang in there and, and you know, take a three-point loss, um, you know, you were disappointed. But, again, I tried taking the positive out of it, and um, I think we did. You know, I think we did. There was actually the mood in the locker room after the game. It was not the mood that you would normally see from a team that just lost back-to-back games. Um, I think all the guys knew we were, we were in a tough position, and, you know, we came up just short. Uh, but we were certainly competitive in both games. Now, uh, before we get into talking about, uh, you know, the game coming up this evening and a couple of other things, you know, anytime you make additions to a team, sometimes it can take a while for the player to get, uh, you know, used to their area, new living arrangements, getting to know the guys. But certainly uh, the two most recent additions to the Moncton Magic, Brett Jennings, uh, who arrived a few weeks ahead of Jason Caliste. But I think... Both of those guys probably had their best outings on this Ontario trip. Jason, certainly against London, had an excellent game. And uh, Brent Jennings uh, in that game uh, against Niagara had an excellent game as well. And, of course, we talk about all the guys, but maybe just to comment on those two guys and their additions, because I know that we have talked about what they were going to be able to bring to the team. And as they start to settle in now, Maybe just a comment to, to exactly what Brent and Jason are adding to the mix here in Moncton. Well, I think they've, they've made a very smooth transition in uh, with the team, with, with the players. And I'm, I'm talking about from a chemistry side of things. I think they've, uh, they're both guys that are they're competitive, you know, but they're good teammates and they want to win games and they will put the team first. Um, so I think the transition has been pretty smooth from a chemistry standpoint. I knew that both of these players would be, would be impact players uh, when we brought them in. And, um, you know, I remember thinking back to, I think you or, or your partner, David asked me before the Ontario trip, you know, you know, how much more is Khalees going to play in Ontario? Because he had obviously only been there for one day um, for that last game at home against Niagara. And, and I said, he's going to play, you know, and he, and he has, and he's performed exceptionally well. Uh, he's, he's been doing, you know, these last couple games, what we brought him here to do. And, and that's to give us another three point threat. I think he was eight of 12 or eight of 13 from three in London. Uh, he was three or six or so, uh, in Windsor. And, um, so he's been great. He's been a great addition for us. And then obviously, uh, BJ, you know, has been here a couple of weeks longer. He's kind of starting to, to really feel comfortable in his role as, as kind of that third option scorer for us. And, uh, he's been doing a nice job. So I've, I've been pleased with both guys. And, um, you know, I think both guys are, are enjoying being here. And, um, yeah, I think it was two great moves for us. Now, I know that uh, I saw a post that you put on uh, Instagram uh, yesterday, I believe it was. But, you know, commenting that it's not often in your busy life as a coach and, of course, as a dad as well, where you can attend an NBL game as a fan. But you got to do just that yesterday uh, in Kitchener-Waterloo. They had a great day there. Uh, they had a student day. But... Maybe just to comment and expand a little bit, <clears throat> pardon me, on the comments that you put on your social media post, just about that fan experience and what that was like to be there at the odd in Kitchener-Waterloo and, and to take in that experience as a fan. That was great. It was great. It was the first time I'd ever seen a seen a game at, from a fan's perspective uh, in Kitchener. And, um, 
you know, I, I maybe only, only get to see, you know, maybe three, two to three NBL games over the course of a year, you know, for, for scouting purposes, where I actually get to be at the arena live and, and watch the game. And um, it was just, a, I was really kind of blown away. I thought Kitchener just did a, a tremendous job with their game day production and, and um, you know, everything from their, their music to their Jumbotron. And it was just a really cool experience. And, I, you know, you sit there and I, I actually think, I think, I think this is going to be my 300th game tonight as a coach uh, in the league. And I've, I've been to so many games, but you're always so focused on the game plan and, and your opponent and, and you're at work, you know, I mean, it's your job. And, and this is, it's just like a, a normal day. Uh, so to be able to, to see a game and you, I just sit there and think, wow, how can, how can people not come out to, to one of these games? It's just a great time. It's, it was a great time. I mean, I actually even got a, you know, a thing of popcorn in the second half and, and I had done most of my, my scouting and notes and I just kind of sat back and enjoyed the game and enjoyed the atmosphere. And um, yeah, I, I thought it was, I thought it was tweet worthy. You know, I, I was like, wow, this is great, man. People, you know, people, this is really cool. It's really cool to, to catch a game like that. So no, I, I really enjoyed myself. Um, like I said, I got most of my work done through the first three quarters or so and, and then just kind of enjoyed the game. Um, so it was great. It was, it was fun. It was a great experience. Now that leads us to, uh, now you've got to put your coach's hat back on, so to speak, and uh, take the team uh, onto the floor against Kitchener-Waterloo tonight. And there's one thing about this league, don't let the record of any team fool you. The St. John's Edge uh, played Kitchener-Waterloo the other day and uh, you know, gave them a tough ride. You know, What do you expect from Kitchener tonight? How do you prevent this from being one of those trap games, if you will? Oh, they're they're going to be a tough opponent, um, very tough opponent. I, you know, I, it was the first time I'd seen them play live, obviously, and uh, they they were much bigger and, and much more physical um, yesterday. Well, they they used their size and they were much more physical yesterday than than in previous games I'd scouted uh, on film and, and online. Um, so they're tough. I mean, that that can be a tough matchup for us if, if teams you know, have a much bigger front court, you know, a lot of times, and especially missing Jay will, uh, you know, we're going to play smaller in that front court with, you know, Brent Jennings playing some four and whatnot. So uh, they're going to be a much tougher opponent. You know, I, I don't think they look to get up and down the court as much as London does. So I do think it'll be a little more of a, of a half court game. So, you know, we have to be focused on, on um, our interior defense and, um, you know, just kind of getting back to that lockdown half court defensive mentality that, that I've seen this team, you know, our team, the Magic, do so many times. That's really kind of been the point of emphasis here in, in meetings and in practice yesterday and shoot around this morning, um, you know, of how we have to defeat this team. But they're a tough team. They, they have a lot of talent. Um, they have a, a very good front court, like I said. So um, it, will be a, it will be a tough game. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, that win yesterday against the St. John's Edge, only the third win on the air for the Titans. But again, anytime, and we've talked about it before, any game in this league is a tough one to win, especially on the road. Uh, you know, you look at Kevin Rogers, 16 points yesterday, but you look up and down that lineup, there were five guys in double figures, so they spread the scoring around. What's going to be a couple of keys for you guys tonight, Coach, to get back to that lockdown defense and to uh, – come away with a win in your final game in Ontario on this trip? Well, I mean, first of all, rim protection, you know, I mean, the, the London game, it was, it was non-existent. Um, and that's where I say, you know, we kind of kind of lost place of all of our defensive principles. We've been so good at all season, but, um, you know, protecting the rim, forcing teams to take, you know, higher percentage shots and, 
you know, with, with, with Derek Hall in the front court and Rogers and, and, and lighter, or excuse me, tighter, you know, that's something we have to be conscious of all the time. Um, bringing help when we need to, you know, in the post and, and again, kind of protecting that paint in that rim as, as much as possible and, and trying to force this team to beat us from the perimeter. Um, that, that's really going to be a point of emphasis tonight. And then just get back to, to playing with some energy. I, I think defensively, I, I think, the London game, there really wasn't much defense played on, on either side of the floor. And again, we fell into that trap a little bit. And then the Niagara game, I just didn't think we had, you know, the fuel in the tank to play defense with energy and, and communicate and, and um, you know, just be very sharp. So, you know, there really is no excuse today. You know, we had a full off day on Monday. You know, we had a, a, a about an hour and 20-minute practice yesterday in Kitchener and then we had a brief walkthrough this morning. So, you know, our guys should be, should be back up to, uh, to par from a, a health standpoint and energy wise. And we just have to get back to, you know, making defense the priority. And, and that's what we've been stressing here the last two days. So, um, you know, hopefully we'll see that tonight. Now you mentioned uh, a couple of, uh, you know, injury situations with the team. Uh, before we talk about Jeremy Williams, uh, what's the status of Terry Thomas going into tonight's game? Uh, Terry's, Terry's probable. I, I think he's going to be able to, to go tonight. Um, you know, it will be a game time decision, but, but through conversations with him today and, and after shoot around, I, I think, I think we're both pretty confident that he will be playing tonight. Um, you know, obviously Terry's a pretty important piece to this team. So, uh, we certainly don't want to risk, you know, a, an injury that could, you know, a small injury that, that could become much worse and miss him for a, a significant amount of time. So, um, I think, I think he will go. And we'll certainly just kind of get a feel and get a read on, on how he feels maybe after the, the first shift or the first quarter and, and then kind of make a, a judgment after that. And, of course, you mentioned Jeremy Williams. Uh, he did travel back to Moncton. Uh, what can you give us and the fans in terms of an update on what's going on with Jeremy and uh, what the outlook is? Yeah, I, I, Jeremy did. He, he went back on Sunday evening um, uh, to go back and, and kind of be with our with our team doctor, we actually have a, a really good team doctor, and um, he met with him on Monday, and we're expecting a, another meeting uh, either today or tomorrow. Um, you know, but but so far so good. The the kind of feedback that we've gotten is that you know I think Jeremy will, will be fine, and um, uh, but again, nothing real kind of concrete as of yet. So uh, we'll certainly know more after we get back on Thursday. Um, you know, and then I get to sit down and meet with Jeremy and, and meet with the doctors and, and just kind of see uh, where everything is at. So, you know, obviously he'll be out of the lineup tonight, but um, yeah, I expect to see some Jeremy back soon. Well, we certainly look forward to uh, getting Jeremy back on the court. And, Coach, um, we're going to wrap up here in just a little bit, but as we are at pretty much the halfway point for yourself and most other teams around the league, you know, we've been talking all season long about – your take on on where the team is and how you feel about the progress and where things are going to identity. as you are now at basically the regular season you know maybe just your input and thoughts on on where you are in the process of getting this team to where you want them to be in terms of the identity you want them to have i i think we're we're just about there i mean i think we're we're getting i think we're getting very close um one of the biggest things I talked about in the locker room after the Niagara loss was like, Hey guys, you know, don't look into this too much. You know, we've been playing very good basketball 
you know, for the last week and a half. And we, we were on a three-game winning streak coming into that London game. And, and again, the London game, I, I think we, we shot ourselves in the foot by playing their style and, and accepting to play their style. Um, but, again, the Niagara game was was a bit of an anomaly. It's not something that's going to happen so often where you're playing so many games in such a short period of time. So let, let's not let's not hang our heads here. You know, let's not lose sight that that we are coming together and we are starting to click. And and I think that's the mood amongst the team. I think that uh, we're in a pretty good place when it comes to um, you know mentally and, and understanding how we want to play and what our strengths are. So um, I think we're we're close. I think we're really close to to kind of being you know where we should be at. So um, you know I look forward to, to seeing us tonight, and I certainly look forward to getting back home here in another week or so and. And kind of, uh, you know, seeing if, if if we are there, if we are where I think we are. Yeah, I miss you guys. <laughs> well, I know they all miss you a lot, Scott. You know, you and Dave. So, yeah, no, absolutely. We'll uh, we'll we'll be back soon. That's really that's really what I was fishing for, Coach. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't tell. Now, you know, it's interesting though. You know, having time to be around the team and, and, and yourself and the coaching staff, uh, you know, the, the Moncton Magic social media team uh, sent out a picture uh, on Instagram is where I saw it the other day. And it was kind of a really cool shot in game. And there were, you could see three or four of your guys all on the court. And it was during a stoppage, but they all had this big, wide grin. And the comment on the post was something about, you know, they're always smiling. And I've coined it several games back on a broadcast that, you know, being around this team, I'm confident that they lead the league in smiles. <laughs> I say that because how a team comes together off the court, how they interact with one another away from practice, away from the court can be such a huge factor in how they gel and how they come together down the stretch and certainly into the playoffs. And I know I've asked you this before, but being around this group coach and, you know, you've been on the road with them now for quite a while on this road trip, having to spend so much time together with them, you know, maybe just a comment about this group and uh, you know, what it's like to be around them and, and what kind of mood that they have when they're away from the court. They're fun. <laughs> you know, they're, they're a fun group. And, um, you know, I think some of that again is because of the, the age, you know, we, we have some, some older guys and they just kind of get it. You know, they know that, in basketball and, and they've been doing this long enough, there's going to be good times. There's going to be bad times and kind of the more even keel that you can be, you know, the better off you're going to be just not getting too high or getting too low. And, um, you know, we certainly have some, a couple guys that bring a lot of humility to the, to the team and they're always good for a laugh. And, um, you know, it's fun. It's, it's a fun group to, to be around. Um, it's, it's pretty rare. I mean, I don't think we really had any major, you know, issues this year when it comes to chemistry and anything like that. And I think that's a rare thing um, because the nature of this league, you know, guys are always competing. They're, they're competing for, for next year's job and, and to keep this job. And, but that just seems to kind of be in the back of everybody's mind. I, you know, you don't see that forthcoming with many of our guys. I think they're just focused on trying to play good basketball and, and trying to be a good teammate and having a good time. So um, no, it's, it's been a lot of fun. And, and even, you know, I think some people, including myself, at points this season, would feel that we've been underachieving a little bit. Um, I think we've lost a lot of close games, and I don't think any of our guys are happy being 500 right now at the midway point. But at the same time, I don't think that's letting them – it's not bringing them down at all, you know, which is good. I think that's a really good sign. So that's something I'm, I'm proud of and happy of these guys. And uh, 
hopefully that's going to pay off in, in the long run. And I know, Coach, uh, the last time we had you on the podcast, we uh, we went down a path talking about coaching, and you ended up referencing the NCAA Division One football game. Speaking of football, because I like to talk other sports with you when we have a moment, did you get a chance to watch any of that NFC game and that incredible finish by the Vikings? You know, that was actually when was that? I think that was on that was on Sunday night. Yeah, that was Sunday night. And um, of course, we had an off day on Monday, so I, you know, we told a lot of the guys like, "Hey, man, cut back, relax." Like, and I think a lot of the guys didn't actually. There was a a bowling alley. In, like attached to our, our hotel in, in Niagara and, and quite a few of the guys were, were down there at the bowling alley, including myself and, uh, and, and one of my assistants, Mitch Rowley, we were down there and, and we were just trying to relax. So we, we bowled a few games and we were kind of watching the game in between bowling and, and, uh, and anyway, so we missed the touchdown live, but, uh, we certainly watched the, the replay for a while after and, uh, pretty incredible, pretty incredible stuff. Well, it was indeed, and, and when we talked about that NCAA game, you know, it, it kind of uh, led you to talk about how you can sometimes learn things from coaches, not only in your own sport, but in other sports, you know, because of the move that was made going to that quarterback. And the play that happened, you know, when you see something like that and you basically want to tell, one of the reasons I love sports is because it's not scripted and you just never know. Is there ever, you know, a time where you could almost pull from that if you guys, like, like even in your game against London, where you had to come back late in regulation, late in the first overtime, but, you know, as a coach, can sometimes you, can you pack those little moments away and think in your back of your mind, you know, there was that time when the Vikings were down to their last play and it was impossible and so many things had to happen for them to get the points and, and to get the touchdown. You know, again, could there be some little things you can take away from that that you can kind of tuck into your back coaching pocket, so to speak? Yeah, I think I think you do that all the time with games. Um, I think our, our best win of the season, you know, this year was probably on the road at Halifax, and um, that was just a really hard-fought road win against a very very good team. And you know, we referenced that a lot. You know, that night um, in Halifax, there Kevin Farrell Thomas was a guy who we liked in one of the matchups, and he's not a guy who plays a whole lot of minutes, but his number was called that night late in that game, and, and he was very good. And, you know, I, I reference that exact moment a lot of times with, with other, you know, with the team in other games when it's like, hey, you know, you got to be ready to go. Um, there's going to be certain nights that, that we like a different guy in another matchup. Terrell Baines was a good example of that. You know, Terrell, um, I didn't play in Windsor. He, he never got in the game. <laughs> and and um, in the back of my mind, I was doing that for a purpose because I liked him matchup-wise better in London. And I, I thought we could reserve him – um, and still play well in Windsor and, and then have a, at least one really fresh body in, in London. And that was a comment I made to Terrell. Terrell was extremely positive the whole, the whole night on the bench in Windsor. And, you know, the next night his number was called and, and he went for 21 points and 14 rebounds against London. So, you know, that's another moment that I'll kind of encapsulate and keep in my back pocket. Um, you know, if we're going into another game where I know a guy may not play much just because of matchups or we have a back-to-back, you know, I'll, I'll remind guys of that. So, um, yeah, I think you can always take teaching moments from, from wins and losses and uh, and use those with your team moving forward. And I actually really enjoyed watching Sean Payton uh, in the post-game interview. And, and um, you know, he was very candid. He said, listen, man, you know, we've had a lot of wins like that too. You know, that these things happen. It's sports. And, um I just I, I thought that was was pretty cool to to listen to that. 
Now, I got to ask you, uh, not that this would ever happen, but uh, if you're ever over playing on the islands uh, over in Charlottetown, the Island Storm, uh, do you do, do you and the guys know uh, secret back halls to get into the dressing room of the Storm? <laughs> yeah, I, I've spent a lot of time in the, the East Link Center there, so I'm, I'm sure I know all the, <laughs> the little pathways and tunnels. But, uh, yeah, yeah, actually, you know, but uh, we actually don't head back over there this year, at least not in the regular season, so. Well, I was referencing it. That that story. I mean, you know, I know it's another league, but that story about the uh, Chris Paul and uh, the Rockets using the uh, the secret back hallway to try to get into the Clippers dressing room. No matter what happens in the NBL, I don't think it ever gets as kooky as the NBA has gotten lately. Well, you you'd be surprised, Scott. <laughs> you'd be surprised over the years. There's, there's been. Um... You know, there's certainly been some episodes of that. And, you know, I think that sometimes when you when you see incidents happen in the NBL Canada, and then they happen. I mean, we've seen some incidents this year, whether it's on the court or or after a game or, or coaches being ejected. I mean, you, things happen. And I think sometimes it's unfortunate that um, because it's such a smaller, tight-knit community fan base, the league and, and social media – I think sometimes things really get blown out of proportion where, you know, the day after tomorrow, everyone's going to forget about the stuff that happened in the Houston game. And, it, you know, but there's such a microscope on, um, on NBL Canada incidents and, and, you know, it's such a small group of fans that, that I think they always want to comment on those things on social media. And, and sometimes it just gets blown out of proportion. And that's unfortunate because these things happen just like they happen in the NBA, you know, or in the NFL, these are competitive guys. This is their job, and, and, and things happen, and, and tension runs high at times. But I just think it's unfortunate when, when some of those things get blown over proportion, and, and then reactions, you know, from either fans or lead, the lead or coaches, you know, they, they go based off some of that fan reaction, you know, where it may only be five or six people commenting on something. Um, but, you know, I, I guess the, the flip side of that, these people are passionate about their teams and players, and and you can't really ever argue with that as well. So, um, but yeah, there's certainly been some some kooky things in this league as well. <laughs> well, listen, I know that uh, you're you've got this uh, big game tonight to finish up the Ontario swing. Then uh, last game of this road trip is on Saturday night down at Center 200 in Cape Breton, and then of course uh, back home to the friendly confines of the Moncton Coliseum on Wednesday when you will take on the Island Storm. But uh, so, Coach, uh, after tonight, when do you guys uh, pack up and head back to Atlantic Canada? When will you be able to put your head down in your own bed? Uh, we'll actually um, – so we'll play tonight, and we, we fly out tomorrow. Um, uh, I think we fly out at noon tomorrow. So we'll be back in, in Moncton probably around 3 o'clock uh, tomorrow afternoon. And, um, you know, we'll take the rest of that day <laughs> to, to rest. And looking forward to, to getting home and seeing my kids and my family and my wife. And, um you know, but then we're we're back at it on Friday in preparation of, uh, for Cape Breton. You know, much different Cape Breton team, and uh, we'll head down to Cape Breton on Saturday morning, play the game, stay the night, and, and then be back finally in Moncton on on Sunday. And coach, a final thing for you. You know, when fans see a team and they follow a team on a road trip, you know, they see them at the various arenas that they're playing in that particular night, and you know, they see the guys come out. But maybe, uh, you know just a, a little bit of insight about something that happens on road trips that maybe fans aren't overly familiar with, you know, whether it's a bowling alley attached to your hotel or, you know, team meals together. 
what are a couple of things maybe about being on a road trip that are kind of neat that you experience that maybe fans might not get to be aware of? Well, I, I think you get to certainly see the guys conversing with one another, you know, much more off the court, you know, or outside of the practice facility or outside of the game. Um, you know, you get to kind of hear, you know, more of their conversations and, and some of the stuff these guys talk about, some of the conversations are just, they're just really comical. You know, they're, they're just, they can, they can get into a friendly argument over almost anything. And, uh, most of the time it's, it's over NBA players, you know, who's better or, or whatnot. And, and that's, that's, that's really fun. I mean, to me, that's, that's part of the experience. And, um, I, I think it's always good for, for, you know, to get out on the road a little bit at times, because I mean, these guys are with each other so much, you know, they, they live with each other, they, they practice with each other. Um, so I think to get into new environments and new atmospheres and, um, you know, a lot of the guys like to go shopping, you know, that there may be some stores that are, that are out here that are not in, uh, in, uh, in Moncton and, you know, guys will find other activities to do some like, like bowling, you know, we went bowling the other night. Um, so it's fun. It, it builds chemistry, whether they, they realize it or not. And, um, uh, you know, you just kind of start forming bonds with, with people when you travel. So, um, you know, so far it's been a pretty good experience. And I know for me, when I travel, if I'm uh, going somewhere to get something to eat, I'm not sure about the restaurant or not sure about the menu, my fallback, my go-to is a club sandwich because I feel that no matter where you go, they can't mess up a club sandwich. Do you have a meal like that? Is there something that when you're on the road that if you're not sure, you're like, you know what, I'm just going to get this? Chicken parm. Chicken, ah, chicken parm. Chicken parm, no doubt. I had that last night. Um, We actually had that as a pregame meal in Windsor. Um, but, but for me, it's, it's almost anything Italian, almost anything you could put a red sauce on and, and, and a pasta's involved. I'll probably dive right into it, but that's kind of my go-to. And that's funny you mentioned that because the restaurant, uh, my assistant and I went over to a sports bar last night to watch the Celtics game and, um, you know, couldn't make any decisions on the menu. And I said, you know what, you guys have chicken parm. Yeah, yeah. Right, I'll take that. You know, when you just can't decide, that's that's what I go to. Um, but, you know, one of my former assistants uh, on PEI, Ray Vadito, was, was a great friend of mine, one of my, my closest friends. Uh, he was a, a club guy. He was a turkey club guy on most road trips, and that was his go-to. Tough to mess that up. Next time I see you, I'm gonna I'm gonna take my right hand and I'm gonna put it together like like a fine Italian. And I'm gonna say, hey, hey, Joe Salerno, we got a chicken parma for you, huh? Well, that's, you know, and hey, that's the chicken farm is also one of my favorite things to cook, really? you know, as, as well. So, yeah. So anytime we're eating at a restaurant, you know, my guy, Mitch Rowley, is Mitch, is this better than my, my chicken? No, coach. No, no. It's nowhere near as good as, <laughs> as your chicken farm. So, uh, yeah, one of my favorite things to cook, too. Well, you got to have the go to listen, coach. Uh, such a pleasure to get to speak with you again. Uh, I know uh, you're looking forward to getting back home, but uh, one more stop in Ontario in Kitchener-Waterloo tonight. We certainly wish you and the Moncton Magic well. Go out and get the W tonight, and we'll look forward to seeing you back in Moncton next week. Okay, that sounds great, Scott. Take care and have a good one, sir. All right, you too. want to thank Coach Joe Salerno of Moncton Magic very much for joining us. Uh, he's up in Kitchener-Waterloo where the Magic will wind up their Ontario road trip this evening against the Kitchener-Waterloo Titans. You can visit the Moncton Magic website and get the link to that game. It is scheduled to start at 8 o'clock Atlantic time. Until next time, my friends, this has been the Magic Time Podcast. I'm Scott Squires. Take care and enjoy your day. 
You've been listening to the Magic Time Podcast, proudly brought to you by Firm Foundation Media.